Welcome again to another edition of the Red Reporter Podcast. Um, I'm your host today, Brandon, um, and alongside me this week, we have Scott in studio. Good evening. Scott, how's it going? Good morning, good afternoon, whenever the heck you're listening to this. It's going pretty well. Good deal, good deal. Um, also on uh, the phone this week, we have Wick, as we always do. Wick? Hello, Hello guys. How are we doing? Doing well. Doing well. Wick is live from uh, sunny Denver, Colorado. Is it sunny uh, there right now? It's actually, well, it's actually uh, sunnier now than it has been like the last five days. Hell, the Rockies have had back-to-back rainouts earlier this week, so... No, it took. It, it, we are less than a minute in, and Wick has already mentioned the Rockies. Yes. Oh, try to, to try to tie it, tie it back together. Just yeah, we are, we are, around, it, this may be our first podcast of the year, but we are in mid-season form, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> and it, uh, is there is there a way at this point we can like cross post this on Purple Row and like double our <laughs> listenership? There you go. Oh yeah, yeah. We can throw this on the, the Purple Dino podcast and uh, re uh, resend it out. Absolutely. All right. Well, and also on the phone this week, uh, live from the West Coast, we have uh, John, also known as Uncle Weez. What's up, man? Special guest. Yeah, this is. Uh, I think this is his first uh, time on the podcast. Despite. Well, it depends on if you count that time in Arizona. Oh yeah. 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 The, oh, uh, the tunnel. The tunnel cast. The tunnel. The tunnel, cast. tunnel interview at two in the morning. Yeah, that's, that's. That was really yeah. That was really the first uh, edition of this podcast that has only only gotten worse, really. <laughs> It was all downhill from there. (laughs) Well, then we were toying with the idea that maybe we would be taken seriously by Rob Butcher. Now we just don't care. Yeah. (laughs) That's about about where that ended up. Carve out our own niche at this point. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He spends all of his taking things seriousness on himself. It's true. It's true. That was a poor way of saying that, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Hard to believe you don't have press to get credentials, Weez. Yeah. Words and things and stuff. Stop. <laughs> unaccountability. Oh. That's what we do. Oh. That's what we do. So uh, relentlessly we're, unaccountable. That we're, is what we do. We are unaccountable. We're we're starting. Let's let's bring it back. So we're we're in the middle. We're a month into the season. Pretty much what a month exactly into the season. Really, a month and a day. Right. So uh, we're recording this on uh, the Thursday of this week. This will probably go out within the next few days, assuming that there aren't any major uh, major things in that case, we need to edit out. Yeah, in case that's, course, that's yeah. what I was trying to say without saying that. In case we're farting bombs. Uh, yeah. So really, right now the Reds are one game above five hundred. They're <laughs> they're currently. Uh, in Pittsburgh, playing the Pirates, they're losing one to nothing. Last I checked, they are still losing one to nothing. Yep. Breaking news. So, uh, spot three. There you go. So we're we're in the middle of the about a month in. We have a lot to talk about that's happened in the first month of the season. Um, I think, you know, obviously the injuries so far have been. One of the biggest storylines for the Reds, um, obviously, we'll, we'll touch on um, Brian Price basically making himself the best-known manager in baseball for a couple of days. That was fun. Um, and then we'll just kind of see where it goes. So, uh, you know, what's what are your impressions of, of the Reds' season so far? 
Let's let's do this. Let's give the Reds a grade about how their season has gone so far. A month into the season. Uh, I will probably be somewhat generous and give them a gentleman's C at this point. Uh, they're not a dumpster f- fire. They're also not overperforming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are literally treading water at a game above 500. So I say that that is sufficiently average. Uh, now I do know as of today, if the season ended right now, not only would the Reds have played almost all their season with 24 men on their roster, uh, but they would be in line for a wild card spot. Right. I don't think that that is necessarily something that's going to maintain because there are a lot of teams that aren't playing good baseball yet that have the capability. I really don't see the Reds doing that much better or really that much worse unless they get rebitten by the injury bug. Right. Uh, what do you guys think? I'd agree with that. I'd say, you know, I think the offense has been, at least the starters have been marginally better than I was expecting, and the pitching's been a bit worse, so I'd, I'd probably go C-. Roster management's been yeah. awful. Yeah. Um, you know, the bullpen's rough. After, I think, it, like I said, I think the offense is a little bit better than I was expecting. Um, Frazier's picked up where he left off. He's getting Hitting the snot out of the ball with a low BABIP and Bird's starting to turn it on. I'd like to see Jay Bruce turn into May Bruce, but Votto's botting and Cozart uh, was botting for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'd say C, C minus. I, I would agree with you. I, I would say maybe a little bit below a C. Um, you know, with what they've had to, you know, just the way that their schedule was laid out this year, they had, what, 20, 20 games in a row within the division. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we and we said this on our preseason show, too, and in our articles on Red Reporter. You know, if there's one thing that the Reds were going to have to do to, you know, challenge for that, for that division spot or to challenge for a playoff spot in general, it was going to be to start the season hot. And make do some damage against their the teams in their own division, and I, I feel like they they didn't take nearly as much advantage of that as they probably should have. Yeah, I mean, at this point, looking at the four other teams in in the division, they played really well against the teams that they should beat, which is Milwaukee mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh. They have struggled against teams that are arguably were. Uh, going to be better than them going into the right. season. Many people suggest that the Cubs were one of those teams and definitely, of course, the uh, Cardinals. So they're right in the middle of it because they can't beat the good teams, but they can beat up on the bad teams. So who knows over 162 games what that's going to actually mean when they go into other divisions and play. Right. Guys, you're making me feel like I'm back in college again. Like I look up, the team is 13-8 against non-Cardinals teams. They are winning record against the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals. They've been playing the entire season without a healthy Devin Mesoraco. They lost Homer Bailey to two separate arm injuries so far this year. Mm-hmm. They, they spent $160 million on Homer Bailey, Devin Mesoraco, and Rysel Iglesias since the start of the 2014 season, and they're getting nothing from that. And that's the bulk of all of the things that they've done. And they're over 500. they They're in contention for a wild card spot at this early point of the season. Uh, and aside from the bullpen, 
pretty much everything's gone okay. Jay Bruce gets off the slow starts. He does that. Joey Votto is Joey Votto again. Like, mm-hmm. like let's be honest, the dude is back to being the guy that was the MVP in 2010. Um, the fact that they're playing shorthanded, playing with a hand tied behind their back, uh, they traded away two-fifths of the rotation and have replaced it with pretty successful starting pitching so far. Uh, they're a, a, an average bullpen. I mean, not even a great bullpen, but an average bullpen mm-hmm. for being like five games over 500 right now. And considering before the season started that this team was predicted to be a 75-76 win team, like to have a game over 500 and a chance to sweep yeah. the Pirates in the second consecutive series – I'm giving them a beat. Like, it's not perfect. There are still flaws in this team. We saw those from the outset. But still, I look up and I'm like, hey, the Reds are over 500. They're, they win tonight. They're second in the division. And if it wasn't for the damn Cardinals, they'd have a pretty damn solid start to the season. So Right, yeah. but they they still have to beat the Cardinals. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I understand giving them the grade of a B, but it sounds like you're giving them a B if we're grading on a curve right now. Right. Well, and, they have to beat the Cardinals to win the Central. That's something I never expected. Well, they also have to beat the Cardinals in order to outperform what we want them to ultimately do. Like, if this team goes ahead and makes the playoffs or makes the wild card game and loses again, you know, I'm not going to be that happy about that. Hmm. I'm not going to be happy about it. It will probably certainly exceed it by, yeah, will exceed it by expectations by a solid 7-8 wins if they win – uh, a wild card spot and make it to the playoffs. And so far, that's the trajectory they're on. I'm not sure it's going to continue, but that's the way that they've started out. And given how many games they had against the division, you know, there were people out there that picked them last in the division. And looking how bad the Brewers have been, like that's the path the Reds could have fallen into had Votto not jumped out of the gate like the superstar he is. Uh, you know, had uh, Todd Frazier slumped a little bit like he did his second season as a pro. And that hasn't happened. They've dodged losing Homer Bailey entirely and playing basically without Mezzarocco, but without admitting that they're playing without Mezzarocco. And they're over 500. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's uh, so far so good. Not great. And they're doing stuff to handicap themselves that I would not advise to any team in baseball. But still, they're somehow a game over 500. So yeah. I got to give them at least a little bit of props on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from there. I mean, obviously, depending, it really kind of does depend on your expectation level. I think it, if you went into this year expecting them to be under 500 and they're, you know, one game over right now, then you would look upon that favorably. But yeah, it, it depends on the expectations and on uh, 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 whether or not you think it's sustainable. <laughs> but, right, I, I, I think the, the thing to me that that I can't get past is that is how the roster is constructed and how it's being managed. And, you know, I, I think it's like they're winning in spite of themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that, yeah, you, we are seeing, we're seeing what we needed, you know, to actually have a contending team. When you look at the, the way that position players are performing, you know, the way Joey Votto has been like the, the, we knew that the Reds needed Joey Votto to be that guy, to be in contention. You know, Johnny Cueto's pitching well, Mike Leak is pitching out of his mind. You know, Di Scalfani has come to the rotation and been great. And the bull, the bullpen has been shaky at times, but isn't a complete mess. You know, yeah, recently yeah. it's been better. But at the same time, you know, they're playing with, I mean, at most a 24-man roster right now, if not 23, like tonight. And, you know, you, you just kind of look back and you say, well, why, you know, why wasn't this roster constructed better 
why aren't they managing it better? And, you know, why, you know, it's, it's frustrating to see one game over 500 and to think that, you know, the way that they've been playing, they could easily be six or seven games over 500 at this point. Right. Yeah. right. And this is a, the bullpen is blown already. I mean, the bullpen's mm-hmm. blown, what, three, three games, something like yeah, that? Yeah, four first, games in the first, eighth inning alone. That first sounds, week. So. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, you know, wait. The foul poles, I give them a B. Uh, yeah. The front office at this point, I would give uh, a G. You know, yeah. so yeah. how however you want to average that together, I think F minus. <laughs> I mean, than I expected upstairs. I have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah, I mean, just looking at looking at the payrolls at this point, this is a very top heavy team in terms of where the talent is and who we're going to need to rely on in order to be successful. Right. If yeah. the Reds are going to uh, get the most out of every player, the two people that need to be healthy, regardless, are going to be Joey Votto and Johnny Cueto. Everybody else, unfortunately. Just with the just swath of mediocrity that we have below them, uh, you know, you can weather those injuries. Those two, you can't simply input. Right. I mean, Wake, you brought up a point yesterday, I think, on on Twitter when you mentioned that at this point last last night, the best bat after Joey Votto was evac- uh, was ejected that was on the bench theoretically was. Jason Marquis, or at least it was Mike Leak, who had continued to pitch in the eighth inning. Or, or Lorenzen, even. Like, you're yeah. talking about three-fifths mm-hmm. of your starting rotation. It's your go-to bat off the bench once you put Pena in the game next to Tucker. And it's, like, how does that happen? How do you get to that point so quickly? It's crazy. I mean, it's just like an interchangeable list of names from the last four years, though. I mean, like, the bench has been a problem for such a long time. You know, I honestly thought it might be a little bit better this year with Bosch, with, you know, possibly Dominguez having that hot spring, got mm-hmm. Negron coming off his solid year last year. Not that I expected Negron to really keep it up. I thought it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but the bench has just been a problem. It's, it's sad that we're pining for Wilson Valdez. What, what the hell's Ramon Santiago up to these days, anyway? Is he still a free agent? Uh, right, somebody signed him and released him, I think. That's what I thought. Yeah, he, I he had... He had spring somewhere. We still have uh, Miguel Cairo as a consultant. <laughs> he he definitely had a spring somewhere. I'm not positive where he is now. Though. Let's hold on. Hey, in terms of bench death, we did all see who was DFA today, right? Uh, I don't know. Oh yeah. Uh, former Red, uh, well, former Red farmhand, uh, Torres. Ronald, Ronald Torres. Oh yes, yes. Won the trade. Yeah, we finally won the Travis Wood trade. He's still only 22 years old. That's, I would absolutely take a flyer on him at this point. Why not? Absolutely. The rest. He's still also 5'5". Five, five. He had a 345 OBP last year in AAA. I mean, he started off slow this year, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's hit every one. You know, he's had off years and down years, obviously. But, but then again, didn't wasn't the Astros the team you let him go? Yeah. If you're not good enough to play, well, the Astros to get the a Ast- bench spot for the Astros. The Astros, their know. forty mans are really screwed up because they've had so many first they round draft have, picks the past uh, five years. All of the, the prospects. I, mean, I think back. it's a matter of time before Negron gets sent down. Although I'm not really sure who's next. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like we're Ivan De Jesus or someone along those lines. Yeah, as much as I was shocked. Ray Navarro a shot. Ray Navarro, he's still like kind of a, he was, he 
he's young enough to sort of be maybe a prospect. He was highly touted. And he was yeah. hitting last year. I mean, he like, got called was, up by the Orioles. Yeah, yeah he's. He start, I think he started the year with the Orioles. Yeah, he he started he's on their roster. I'm pretty sure. Year. What's he, how's he doing? Hey, he's is a uh, batting three sixteen, three sixteen, four twenty one line, and. 20 plate appearances for the Orioles. I think we'd take that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. It's got the same OBP as, like, Marlon Bird, or not even. Yeah. Hey, over the past five games, though, Bird is the word, yo. True. He's yeah, actually he's, heating he's up. Starting to, he's starting to get, get back there, I think. He wasn't going to suck that bad all year. Yeah. Well, you, you, you always have that fear when somebody is 38 and they start the year so slowly it makes you think that okay, he has absolutely nothing left in the tank. Now, now, now we know he may have something left in the tank, and he may be somewhat better than what we had last year. But he's going to have to go into a tear to outperform what we did last year in left field, which wasn't a whole heck of a lot to begin with. Right. Good Paul, do we think his options going to vest? Yes. Uh, I I think I would hope that the Reds are going to be super vigilant on that. Um, you know, if he's not performing, maybe dialing him back a bit and making that not happen. I think ultimately it will, but I think to an extent, I think he'll earn it. I, I do not think it will best. I think you know? uh, I, I think there's too many things working against it happening. Uh, his age, for one, I mean, five hundred was it 550 or 560, 550 play appearances? Mm. I mean, 550. That's a pretty full season for anybody his age, uh, much less somebody who's got that big of a, I don't call it a financial penalty, but a financial uh, obligation, uh, burden, yeah, tagged to it. I, I think they'll manage around it. You know, either they'll be so bad that they'll have to trade him, or he'll be trade priority number one just to free themselves of that, uh, or... Uh, yeah, I mean, hell, if it vests, it's because they're so damn good and he's playing so damn well that by August he still has to be in the lineup. And mm. I, I <laughs> as we talked about with our grades earlier, I don't, I don't really foresee that happening either with him or with the team themselves. So I, I think they will find a way to make sure it doesn't happen, even if that means it's a Jesse Winker September call up, where he gets 100 plate appearances in the month of September uh, to limit it. I, I think they'll find a way. I don't know. I mean, I'm, of course, going off of a very small sample size. But at this point, Brian Price has been hitting him second. And mm. he is going to yeah. get a ton of play appearances if that keeps up. You know, yeah, even by August, point. he'll be very close to besting. Yeah. And, you know, at that... Assuming at, he stays healthy. Assuming it... Well, yeah. I mean, but he's always had a... But, he, I mean, he hasn't been at, injury-ridden over yeah, his career. I mean, no, but he's 38. Even is, even yeah. still, you know, if you watch you know, watching him play in the outfield, he, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't move like he's thirty eight out there, you know. Yeah, he is he's, good he's, at that, he's definitely a, bet, a veteran, but you know, I, I feel like he's probably in better shape than most thirty eight year olds you're going to find in, in the big leagues. Yeah, we take a moment to recognize that Alex Rodriguez just hit his six six hundred sixty first home run. Oh wow! Oh, it'll be great if he retires after hitting six hundred sixty six. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I didn't. That's all. But that's it. Thank that's, you. That's yeah. Pause. We get it. It's, it has been acknowledged. Pause and reflect. It has been acknowledged. Moment of silence for Willie Mays getting bumped one 
one notch farther down the list. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we should probably be pouring one out as opposed to <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> oh, well. And he's most known for his defense anyway. It's okay. One catch. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, going back to uh, what we were talking about with the Reds, um, you know, obviously injuries. Yeah, I know, right? What? Injuries have played a, a pretty big part of the, about this year so far. Obviously, Homer Bailey going down. He's lost for the year, which I'm stinks. Pouring some out. Yeah, uh, right. Pouring some out for that poor elbow, man. Yeah, cannot guy cannot catch a break. But um, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Devin Mesoraco and how how the Reds have handled that now. <sighs> For, for those not familiar, obviously, um, Devin Mesoraco has been on the active roster all year, but got an injury in, I've looked this up enough times, I should know by now, April 11th game, April 12th game? Actually, the April 12th game, it was, first, was, the last... it was first announced okay. that he okay. had that injury. It had been lingering for a while. Right. Do we so, know what caused it? Was it ever released what actually happened to cause that? I, I don't believe it was. I, I think it was just kind of, uh, oh, here's here's an injury. Whoops, yeah. he's hurt. Well, he's hurt. A hip impingement, by definition, isn't something that necessarily happens mm-hmm. overnight, right? It's like more of a degenerative like condition. Yeah, it's, it's, I've got pain. You go investigate to find out why. You find out that it's something that's been gradually evolving basically your entire life. Um, at least that's, I'm, I'm physical therapist and or a physician and or doctor I am not, but that's the way I understood it. It was a, kind of a grinding issue that you look up and it's like, oh, hey, the first time you finally get somebody to stick an x-ray on your hip because it's the first time it really hurts is mm-hmm. the first time you really discover, oh, wow, this is not something that's built correctly or <laughs> formed the way it's going to, yeah, to absorb the pain that you're going through. So. When, at this point, too, I mean, just based on what we've learned in the last week or two, um, you know, it sounds like Devin has acknowledged that he's going to need surgery on that hip, and which means that it'll take, what, four months to recover from once he actually goes through the surgery, and he probably can't catch until then. So we're basically, we're a National League team holding a DH right now. Um, a DH with a bad hip. A, B- a, yeah, yeah, a, DH, a DH that can't swing his a DH body who doesn't around. doesn't have he doesn't have a hit since he's been in a DH, which is an issue. So basically, we're the Chicago White Sox with Bo Jackson, except we don't even have the DH spot. Right, right. Yeah, I was saying this earlier before we started recording, but I mean, there's a reason that there's a lot of these all all bat no field guys that remain free agents. I mean, mm-hmm. no National League club is going to sign these guys to sit on the bench and and just waste a roster spot. I mean, it's yeah. not really something that that is done, and it's not something that should be done with Mesoraco right now. I mean, it's I, I get that he wants to play as long as he can and delay surgery as long as he can, but it's not. I really don't think a walk every third game where he's you know it's not really contributing is is really worth the dead weight on the roster. Right. It's infuriating. I mean, and like, when, you know, we talked ad nauseum about how how terrible the roster management's been, especially when it comes to the DL. And I mean, this is, just, I think, I mean, this is absurd to me. It's absurd and it's indefensible. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, hell, Carlos Quinn just retired at what? He's 32, I think, mm-hmm. something like that, because he's got injuries that limit him from being able to stay on the field. Not to be a big, strong guy who can swing a bat, but he literally cannot stay on the field. And he retired as a result of it. Um, it it's the, the fact that this team not only does that, but does it in the first year of a $28 million four-year extension where they're committing to this guy being their catcher down the road. They've committed to not having him try to play first base, not try to play left field, not try to expand his abilities, yet still stay on the roster and belong the surgery that has been basically deemed by him and by professionals as inevitable. Mm-hmm. Is It's crazy. It's literally, it's crazy. And yeah. I, it's almost like there's got to be some sort of smoking gun that has just been kept in a room that nobody else can see except Walt, Devin, and Brian Price, and uh, the world depends on it, and they won't talk about it. Otherwise, there is no reason Isn't surgery a guarantee? Isn't it, like, it's, it's a matter of when, not if, right? Yeah, huh. well, that's based on what Devin reported to Mark Sheldon. That Remember, that is the only thing that we're going off of. You know, that's when we decided, oh, Devin is definitely going to need surgery is when he came to that realization. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that Poking Stick thinks that, or the Reds help. I... The way, the way I understand it is their current approach is don't touch it and maybe it'll get better. I and they, But they know that if, <laughs> they do, fingers. if they do the surgery, it will be <laughs> better in four months. Yeah. So, this so is, th- th- that's a guarantee to be better other than, oh, well, fingers crossed. Th- th- this, is, this, is diff- this is something very difficult to digest. It, it, uh, about four different levels. And I'm just going to touch on two of them because we already touched on the other two. The first is that, of course, the Reds are playing shorthanded when they shouldn't be playing shorthanded. He first had this injury, as you said, around April 11th. Mm -hmm. That was about 27 days ago. And they kept him off the designated, or off the disabled list because of... The interleague play, which is going to be coming up this weekend, right. which means that they could have DL'd him about 24 days ago, and he still would have been active for this weekend series. Yet they decided not to do that at all, and rather they would just prefer to go ahead and you know play with 24 men. Maybe they're cheapskates, and they don't want mm. to waste or burn somebody's option otherwise. But you know, at this point. You know, we're back to the days of Bob Boone and his three-headed catchers, except we only have two of them that can actually play. Mm-hmm. The other part of this, which is also equally reprehensible, was, as you mentioned, Wick, that Devin Mezzarocco just signed a long-term contract with the Reds, uh, $27 million over four years after this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, if we run him out there and he is trying to hit. And guess what? When you hit and you're a professional baseball player, you used your hips. You use both of them. You don't just use one of them. You use both of them. And if you use both of them, chances are if you have one of them that is already injured, you can exacerbate that injury. Or you can injure something else because you're putting too much stress on other parts of the body when you can't use your hips. So it is negligent in a number of different ways why Devin Mesoraco is, A, not on the disabled list, and B, even if he isn't, is still being run out there as a uh, pinch hitter. Right. Two, two quick points to, 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 to buoy that, really. One, that extension he signed, 
He's not making a fixed seven million dollars a year over top of this. This is the year where he's not making that much money. He's making two million, two and a half maybe this year, whereas he's making a significantly larger amount each year going down the line. So if you're going to have to cost a year to deal with this injury, this is the one you do it with because you're not hamstrung by him being uh, such a massive financial burden to where you can't find somebody else to help play. Yeah. Second point being, which kind of balances in with that, they called up a second catcher. They're carrying a second catcher. What this really shows me is that Walt Jockety has basically acknowledged that there is nothing in AAA, there's nothing on the 40-man roster, there's nothing he's willing to stretch for at AA that is better than a one-legged Devin Mesoraco to be the 25th man on the roster. He's yeah. admitting that what he's put together to back up this actual major league team can't hit any better and can't provide any additional uh, uh, potential to the Reds' dugout than a guy who has a hip impingement that's going to take four months to recover from and is inevitable. Like, how bad is that? You know? It's a public admission that we've got nobody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, I mean, it's basically like the 2013-2014 uh, situation with Joey Votto and one knee, basically. Yeah. 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 It's pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we now know that uh, having Brian Pena on the roster means he can play first base because he had to all last year, right. despite the fact that he'd never done it before because he's not a first baseman. Well, well he, had, uh, he had more and, starts last year as a first baseman than a catcher. Yeah. 62 yeah. to, like, 61, well, I think. Let's, let's keep in mind, too, that, you know, it's not like... Like, Devin Mezzarocco is the only option ever out there. Like, you know, Jared Saltalamacchia was just on the market. The Reds didn't get him. He went to Arizona. But that that seems tailor-made for this situation where, you know, you have a guy in Mezzarocco who's not making a lot right now. If, if you were going to replace him, you could do that this year and you have that money available. Well, I mean, let's – I guess we're assuming there, but – you know, it's – and, you know, really you have two other capable catchers on the roster. Pena's fine. Tucker Barnhart, you know, you, you can see that he probably deserves some kind of extended shot and some, you know, a couple of starts a week. And so, you know, it, it, I just don't understand what you need him on the roster for if not, you know – I mean, unless they really believe that – his, you know, one walk or strikeout or – he hasn't had a hit yet. So, you know, his one at-bat every two days is worth an entire roster spot when they could be – I mean, they could have another arm in the bullpen, which that was a huge issue early on. You know, they could they could bring up some kind of young player, get them some at-bats off the bench. They could bring up Yorman or someone like that. But – you know, somebody else in the roster to balance out the fact that if your shortstop takes a ball to the finger and can't play for three days, you've got a 24th man on the roster. Yeah. Just a 23rd man on the roster. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that. That's the thing. Is we're playing, they're playing down two players, not just one. And, like, it's Cozar, how much longer is he going to be out? Yeah. There's and, no, you know, day-to-day day day injuries happen, and that's the reason why you have a 25-man roster, not a 24-man roster. But, exactly. And, uh, yeah, well, it, it, yeah, that's and that's 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 my point. And yeah. you know the 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 other the other thing is when when it comes to you know I know a number of people have thought let's kick the tires on Jared 
Saltamachia. Honestly, I'm not that giant of a fan. I just prefer to figure out what we have in Barnhart because, yeah. you know, honestly, running Barnhart out there, running him out there when Lorenzen starts is a good idea because he caught him in AAA and that gives Lorenzen and a little bit of a cushion, and I he, like he that. He did a fine job handling him yesterday. Exactly. week yesterday. Exactly. So, you know, Lorenz, you know uh, Barnhart's a very good defensive yeah. veteran. You yeah, know, that's, and that's working real well. That's so nice let's so let's see what he can Give do offensively. Yeah, the Devin Miseraco is not the backup catcher right now. They've got two functioning, defensive-minded, <laughs> on-base percentage-leaning, patient catchers. They've got that solved. Devin Miseraco, what they're saying is they don't have a better last bat on the bench than a guy who needs hip surgery. Like that's awful. That's literally that's awful that they made that addition. And, and are rolling with it for not just not five days, but for three going on four weeks. Right. Yeah, and I know Walt Jockety has made this decision already, but let's do a quick poll here. Um, would you rather have a one-hipped Devin Mazzarocco or Skip Schumacher, Brandon? Um, in a pinch hitting situation, I neither give me anybody from the minor league. You, you can't Any, do that. You anyone, can't do that. any single player. <laughs> Give me someone from rookie ball, and I will take them over either of those guys right now. But, Please. Sure. Uh, Selfie choice, huh? Uh, Skip Schumacher. I mean, he's more versatile, quote unquote. No, for a pinch hit situation. Just for a pinch hit, like purely for a pinch hit situation. Yeah, we need somebody to get on In base. In all seriousness, I, yeah, I would take Skip Schumacher I'd for take that. Skip Schumacher, but like, yeah. Take the out, so you mean bunt? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I hate using Skip Schumacher over anything in a positive connotation, but I I think I go with Skip. Yep. I would agree. I I, I mean, unless it's against a left-handed reliever, which means that there's going to have to be some sort of double switch or send a guy up, call him back, and send Mesoraco back in when they flip it out because you're not just going to get a left-handed pitcher to face Devin Mesoraco in a straight pinch hit appearance. You're going to end up with a righty. There's more righty relievers. I'd take Skip Schumacher at this point. And I I have I have been on record since the dawn of time about how having Skip Schumacher on the roster was one of the worst things I've ever seen happen. <laughs> and I think I would legitimately take Skip Schumacher against a right-handed reliever more than I would take putting him up there, having them pull back, putting lefty in, and then sitting down with Rocco up to face a lefty. It, it's, I don't, and, and I say that meaning in all sincerity, it's a four-month rehab if he has this surgery. If he had that surgery on April 12th, and the He's Reds back in August. Away yep. to, to, to stay in the race and all this, which they'd have to be doing without him anyway, which they're doing. What's they're doing without him? He'd be back for the last two months of the season. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Hey, the 2012 Reds treaded water without Joey Votto, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. And got him back, because they set him down when he got hurt. You yeah. Know? Like, I, I, yeah, and, and when you think about it, it's the same regime in charge, really. I mean, Walt Jockety's still calling the shots, you know, I mean, allegedly. But, you know, why Why not the same treatment? Why? I, I There's just, there's no precedent for this. And it makes absolutely zero sense in a baseball yeah. context, too. Like, I, I don't get it because like, there's nothing to get. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no – yeah, it, I mean, 
they no could, explanation for. I mean, there's no rationalizing this. There's no. There's, yeah. There's nothing that, you, that he could say to me or uh, us as fans <laughs> to explain himself that I would be that I would accept as as a rational explanation for this. There's yeah. There's no like oh no well excuse. the Reds are thinking outside the box and you know oh maybe they're doing something a little unorthodox. No, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Six-man rotation. We're so crazy, we're going to send out midgets to hit. Signing Skip Schumacher to a two-year contract with an option here is something unorthodox. Keeping a guy who literally admitted he needs hip surgery on his degenerative hip and will miss four months on the roster, that's unprecedented. Actually, the former and the latter sounds a lot more like a team that is currently paying Jack Hanahan how much this year? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Two million? Three million? Yeah. And Ryan Ludwig and Sean Marshall. Well, Ryan Ludwig, I, I, I yeah, they're not paying yeah. Jack Hanahan, are they? Yeah, yeah, this was his buyout option. Is that a buyout? Yeah, they're they, still playing, paying Bronson Royo too, right? Well, deferred comp, but that's okay. Bobby Bo. <laughs> exactly, he's making his cool one point three million with the Mets this year, and the Mets are currently <laughs> in first place. So maybe they know what's going on. Yeah, maybe the Mets are doing it right. By giving Bobby Bo that money. Let's amortize that <laughs> over like 30 years like an annuity. Uh, I'm surprised we're not still paying Griffey, to be fair. Like, to be perfectly frank. Yeah. Well, I don't think Castellini would have bought the team if he still had to pick up that tab. <laughs> <laughs> or, no. All right. Well, um, what What next? We we definitely we covered we covered Mezzarocca. That was that's really the big thing I think that we wanted to, to get talk off about. our chests. You know, and then obviously um, the other big story: Brian Price and his handling when asked about this Devin Mezzarocca situation a couple of weeks ago. And this was this was only like two weeks into this whole thing, where yeah. you know Mezzarocca hadn't played for two weeks. Now it's been four weeks and we're not even blinking really an eye at it. We're just so used to it at this point. But I'm I'm going to be in a rare situation. Come to the defense of Brian Price in in, in this circumstance. I do not, and this may just be, you know, me sympathizing with him, but mm-hmm. also recognizing that he is completely hapless right. in this situation, where I do not see as we have just exhausted ways to defend what the heck is going on with Devin Mesoraco. There is no logical explanation. And whenever somebody asks Walt Jockety, you hear radio silence. And the only person that takes questions on a day-to-day basis on this stuff is Brian Price. And if you're going to ask me a stupid question and I have to defend something that is completely asinine, I'm going to get flustered. I do that, you know, just in what I do on a daily basis, (laughs) Uh, you know, in my job. So I understand kind of what Price is going through in a point where there is a tipping point in that. Now, I'm not going to get into yeah, professionalism and the like. Different. I mean, maybe he deflected on purpose, but it was just, it seems like such an odd... You know, if he deflected, on, if he deflected on purpose, Walt Jockety needs to give him a raise, not a reprimand. Because okay. he completely changed the topic. He completely changed the issue. The issue was no longer Devin Mezzarocco. It was Brian Price dropping the F-bomb 77 times. And, you know, sometimes you have to do that. Right. Yeah, but now it's Devin Mezzarocco again because it's still such a ridiculous issue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if he was doing that as uh, a way to stop the questions or as a way to divert the attention from the fact that they were being 
idiotic about their star catcher being hurt. Uh, so be it. But, like, it, you can't do that and then come back and say, no, I meant what I said. Like, it's just, it was, uh, it was pretentious. Um, that's the word that I keep coming back to. It was, it was uh, him assuming that he was the only actor in the entire negotiations. It was pretentious of him to think that. And it just came off and rubbed such a wrong way. And I know he's not the decision maker behind the situation that forced the questions to be asked to him. But at the same point in time, like, you're getting paid the big bucks to do this. Like, if you want to be a pitching coach, which you've been great at, go be a pitching coach. You want to be a manager? You get to you have to deal with the questions that are asked about why you're managing the way you are. And if you've got a star, a legitimate star, based on last year, an all-star, as voted mm-hmm. on by the players, yep. that you're not playing, and you won't talk about why, because at that point they hadn't talked about how serious it was, you got to deal with it. Like that's, that, that's, that's an that's, issue. That's, that's <laughs> you see, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that. I, I disagree with the fact that. He has to actually answer that or come up with an excuse for Walt Jockety. The fact that Devin Messerocco is not on the disabled list is not a Brian Price issue. It's a Walt Jockety issue. And, you know, frankly, Walt has not disclosed any reason whatsoever to Brian or especially, or maybe he did to Brian, but to the public or anything for public digest, why... Devin is still on the active roster. He, you know, Price was in a situation where he had to defend the indefensible. And he was kept, Mm. you know, he kept being prodded on it. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to defend what he said to C. Trent because the way he did it was unprofessional. And the content with blaming the media, again, is unprofessional. But it also also suggests that, you know, guess what? This Devin Mezzarocco issue is an ongoing issue, so his apology the next day may not have been something that, you know, was anything that would able to be remedied by saying, I was wrong, you were right, so you're trying to let me answer. I think that this brings up something where, you know, I think it's really more frustration than anything with Price. You know, you bring up that it's really Jockety's issue and not Price's wow. issue, which I, I do also. T- I tend to agree with that, and I think I think Brian Price agrees with that, and I don't think that he never he, say it though. Yeah, I, I don't think he's he's not going to throw his GM under the bus. But these these reporters are still going to ask him questions, and rightly so, because that's their job to do that. So I think he just kind of is between a rock and a hard place and just kind of snap at that point. And yeah, so you don't snap with the guy that signs the checks, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean... <laughs> he made the right decision. I mean, like, it, sounds, it seems to me like he is just, like, refuses to talk to anyone, refuses to defend his decisions, <laughs> answer questions about anything. Mm. He seems to be one of the most media-unfriendly GMs out there. He's the anti-Jim Bowden, which yeah, isn't a bad thing. Bowden, yeah. And now he's making decisions that are almost as wacky as the ones that Bowden made. <laughs> just, yeah, like, I, I'd love to hear him just an, like answer, just, give us reasoning yeah, as to why. Tell us why decisions. that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Walt, Walt Jockety has hung Brian Price out to dry. There's no yeah. question about that. But at the same point, if you're Brian Price, you've got to think of a better thing to say. Than, <laughs> fuck, fuck, <laughs> they're all, 
than seventy f bombs. Yeah. And why are you doing this to hurt my team? Like that—that's the part that really pisses me off. Like, it's not like it's just instead of media, like actively sabotaging the team. Yeah, like he's asking the question. Everybody, else, like everybody else, can see the lineups every single day. Fantasy baseball is fantastically large. You keep seeing Brian Pena getting started instead of Devin Mezzarocco. <laughs> Devin Mezzarocco is not on the DL. Everybody's asking these questions. And honestly, it's, like it's I, just a trend. Honestly, know? I think I I think that the line that he was given by Walt was that the reason why we don't disclose this is because we're playing lineup chess with the other team. And he tried to use that line so many times, and then guess what? It just stopped working. You know why? Because it's a bad argument. Well, I get that. Even, even if that's happening, kick the can down the road. Literally take one day and give Devin Mezzarocco a fucking left fielder's glove. And just have people take pictures of him taking fly balls in left field for half an hour or one day. Right. Yeah. Just one day. Figure, figure out a way around it if you're yes. not going to actually... Actually, figure out a way around it. Figure out a way around the questioning. Don't make yourself <laughs> a spectacle to where there is more focus on it. Yeah. Do something to deflect it. If yeah. The goal is he, I mean, he handled it deflect, the you know? exact wrong way. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, it's it's and this is why I keep wanting to say just to to wrap things a little bit between the foul poles. I give this team a lot of credit. Like mm-hmm. they're a game over five hundred. They're doing it without. Uh, their pitcher under a large contract, their franchise cornerstone catcher coming off an all-star season, and they're doing it without replacements really for one and a half of that. Couple that in with the bullpen, and they're a game over 500 against, uh, you know, arguably the most competitive division in baseball coming into this year. Like, I I give the guys who put the helmets and the the gloves on every single day a lot of credit for how well they've performed so far because they're getting not just bad backup from people in charge, but they're getting no support as to why they're getting that bad backup. Oh yeah, this team this yeah. team would be a half game behind first place if there wasn't an eighth penny, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it's uh, it's it's confusing as all hell. But it, I will tell you, one of the biggest reasons why I started following baseball as much as I did when I was younger, a, it was because I found it impossibly hard to actually get a baseball. But B, it's because there's so many things that go into determining how teams are run, and it's 30 different business models that interact with each other. And watching the Reds go about their business the way they do is garbage. Coming up this weekend, uh, the Reds have the White Sox in in Chicago. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, thank you for that help, Scott. Yeah. Uh, well, because Mesoraka otherwise, yeah, otherwise, if the Reds just found out, oh man, our interleague plays, interleague games are at home and not Chicago, that really would have hit the fan. That would have been crazy. <laughs> that would have been crazy. <laughs> but, uh, so I. Is it, is it ridiculous to, to suggest that I want to see Brian Pena be the DH and Tucker Barnhart catch? Not at all. Oh, I'm like, guessing for half the games, Cozart is going to DH because of his finger. Mark it. Like, like Brian well, no, he can't swing a bat. That's his deal. Oh, I thought it was he can't he throw a ball. No. He oh. can't do, I don't think he can do that either, but oh. Oh. he can't swing a bat for for sure. Can he lay down a bunt? Oh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Wait, when healthy or when not 
not healthy. DH. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but uh, so uh, we're going to see the debut of uh, Carlos Rodon. In this Carlos series. Rodon for the White Sox, obviously yeah, so big, big prospect. Uh, number number two overall draft pick or number three? Number two. 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 Yeah. yeah. So that'll be exciting. Um, and then then the Reds come back home after that. Uh, they have Atlanta at the beginning of next week, and then um, the Giants, I believe. Later on in the week, oh, they weekend. should win two out of three so, against Atlanta. So at home. they've they've got an interesting homestand coming up with, um, you know, Atlanta, a team that they should beat, and then the Giants, a team that maybe they'll beat. We'll see. No, Pence is close to being back, right? How, I don't know how close he is. But yeah, back in this in this galaxy, or <laughs> <laughs> whatever universe his head is floating around in right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, was his number three overall pick, by the way. Did the, did the rest Jeez. of his body? Far-wees. Yeah, did the rest of his body meet up with his calves in that other galaxy? Yeah, because <laughs> they've never shown up on Earth. <laughs> All right, but uh, I think I think we're about to wrap this up. Um, so you know, obviously follow us online at Red Reporter on Twitter. <laughs> Um, Facebook.com slash Red Reporter Fans. We do a lot of, uh, you'll see all of our articles there. Or, you know what? Just go to RedReporter.com. Check it out. Go in the comments. It's the one place on the internet where uh, you don't need to be aware of the comments section. No, no, you do have to be aware of the comments section. Every once in a while. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, follow, follow us there. Um, and then subscribe subscribe to this on iTunes, obviously. Yeah, you know, uh even when you're on riverreporter.com, feel free to post your own stuff. You can post fan shots of, like, Brian Price, Joey Votto fan fiction. That's completely cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think a large portion of our community would appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh... fucking red, though. Oh, Lord. All right. Fantastic. So, uh, we'll end on that. So, uh, for... For Wheezy John, for Wick, and for Scott, I'm Brandon. I was like two words away from this being over. What's up? One What's more up, thing. Wick? All right. It's May 7th, and Kevin Gregg is still a Cincinnati Red. That's true. Okay, so is that like hitting the trifecta at uh, Churchill Downs on Saturday for you? Or? I only nailed the exacta. I wish uh, I nailed the trifecta. Hey, you came out ahead, though, didn't you? A little bit. Good. I mean, I, I mean, are we really are we really talking about Kevin Gregg right now? Like, no, no. That's I just, I just wanted to, to make note, just carve it and say because, it. I mean, really, Badenhop has been garbage. I mean, ba- yeah, Badenhop has probably the, been the worst pitcher on the roster. Although, tune into Red Reporter next week for my article on why Bert Badenhop is going to be better from here on out than he has been so far. <laughs> he, and, same, you know what? Time, same bad channel. <laughs> In the in the last three weeks, Kevin Gregg has he has six point one innings pitched, two earned, nine strikeouts, two walks, nine strikeouts and six six and a third innings. You know what? It might be time to get off of Kevin Gregg. Jason Marquis leads the team in uh, strikeouts per nine innings. Yeah, he nine. does. Yeah, he didn't see that coming. No, Chapman. Uh, at least it's starters. Okay. He needs to start it. Anyway, let's get out of here. But, okay. So, all right. For John and Wick and Scott and Brandon, peace out. See ya.